Remember when people said that no new game announcements would happen this week since the big trade show was canceled? Let's talk about those game announcements. Tonight is June 12th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Ake Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy O'Kay says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwell. Welcome to Key 3. Keely 3. Something like that. I don't know. I'm not there. I am here talking to y'all. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the Key 3 edition. Key... K-E-I-G-H-3. It's a pun on Keely. Anyway, welcome to that edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. For joining us live on Twitch, welcome. Thank you so much. We are once again starting the show off with a hype train, all those resubs coming in, because this is around the time of the month that VOG got affiliate status, so a lot of people who've been subscribed since the beginning, this is when it all comes in, and we've got a hype train going on, so thank you so much for that. Uh, we do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network, uh, and that's where I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Uh, and uh, and uh, But if you can't be here live on Sunday nights, I completely understand. Uh, this is a podcast, obviously, and uh, well, we do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. That is where you can find us throughout the week and uh, and talk to us and chat at us, uh, chat with us and, and give your opinions. Uh, and you'll also see that we what we did here on Twitch is we actually uh, did what's called a host of the the uh, both the Summer Games Fest, which we'll talk about, and the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. Uh, we hosted them so you could sit in our chat room and chat about it and snark about it. We didn't do like a co-stream of either one, uh, but... Uh, we did host them and talk about them in chat, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in, in a little bit. But coming up in a couple of weeks, so uh, I will be here next week. I will not be here the week after. So the Sunday night after this uh, is uh, Summer Games Done Quick 2022, and it is actually in person, and I will be there, uh, actually in person. And I fly in on Saturday, so there will be no show that Sunday night during SGDQ they are there should be a show the following Sunday night, which is July third. Uh, I am still planning on having a show, however, I am flying home that day. So it is uh it's up to Delta Airlines uh as to if I get here in time to do my show. Uh right now my flight lands at four o'clock, uh, which means I should walk in the door between six and seven and I'll have everything kind of prepped and ready to go. Uh so I should be able to just sit down and, and do it. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so, uh, but I will be there, uh, and I have, my shifts have not really changed all that much. Uh, there is one slight change. So if you want to hear me, uh, read your donations as a host at Summer Games Done Quick 2022 over at twitch.tv slash games done quick. Monday morning, June 27th at about 8.30 a.m. Eastern, McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure for the Genesis, uh, is being run by Liz Starr a right after that one at about 9.10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Nights into Dreams, all levels by Poochilin. 
That's going to be fun. And then right after that, about 9.45 a.m., May the DKC is going to be running The Pathless. That's about a two-hour run. So that's going to be on Monday morning. Uh, about between 8.30 a.m. And, and noon is when I'll be on the air. Uh, those times will definitely change. Then Tuesday afternoon, right now at about 3.20 p.m., Froob is going to be running Yakuza Like a Dragon. There is a change here. Uh, th- there is a change here. This was for the PS5. They changed it to PC this week because uh, the PC version is a little more stable. Uh, and it also means Froob doesn't have to bring his PS5 from... Uh, from England, where he lives. Uh, so he does not have to bring his PS5 across the ocean. Uh, so uh, that, that he's going to be using one of the PCs there. So it's going to be a lot easier. So it's no longer going to be the PS5 version of Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's going to be the PC version of Yakuza Like a Dragon. But it's going to be the same run. It's going to be amazing. And uh, it, it still has Baka Matai. Uh, where they can sing karaoke. Uh, and uh, there's going to be incentive for that, and I'm going to be pushing for that because I don't have to sing the karaoke. they got to sing the karaoke. You don't want the host singing on Summer Games Done Quick. Trust me. As Jaron Amat says, then again, Bobby did Dragon Con and PAX Prime and did a show in a weekend, but I was a young 29 then. Yes, I was. Um, uh, it, it, that was a little bit different because uh, that was a, um, you know, I would fly back Sunday. I, I basically took a red eye on Sunday night and then went to Dragon Con on Monday because it's over Labor Day weekend. I probably will not be as exhausted this time around because Summer Games Done Quick is like, it's in a ballroom in a hotel. Uh, whereas PAX Prime or PAX West is what it's called now, but that's a convention. You're walking around, you're, you're walking a whole lot. Uh, and then flying across the country, whereas this is like it's going to end on Saturday. I'm leaving it like Sunday at noon after having like almost a full night's sleep uh, and and not sleeping on the plane. Uh, so I should be fine. I should not be that exhausted. Pop culture says Bobby not singing. No, Bobby is not singing. And here's why Bobby is not singing is because. Uh, when I'm at SGDQ, I do not have my mixer when, it, when I'm in person. So I, I, can't, I can't act like T-Pain and sing and, and get clipped and everything like that. So, uh, no, I'm not going to be singing at Summer Games Done Quick. Yeah, so I hope to see you there. So no show here t- in two weeks, which is also Orange Lounge Radio's 20th birthday. I was going like I was going to be traveling at some point this weekend and that weekend anyway. I just thought I was going to be going to Sacramento. So, uh, uh, happy birthday to them. I'm sorry I won't be here, but it also means they can like take over the stream for the whole day and not worry about me. So, uh, this, this, some, uh, this week was summer games fest. Uh, and, uh, th- this was, uh, Jeff Keeley's it's the game awards without the awards. It was it's the exact same thing as the game awards used the same set, same pro- same production values as the game awards that we co-stream in December. Uh, but it was, it was that without the awards and it was a bunch of game trailers, uh, that, that were kind of like, they were third party. It was the third party showcase for game trailers. There was a lot of horror and, uh, like the game, op- the show opened with like five straight horror games, shooty, shooty, bang, bang, horror games, which which people like, I'm sure there, there's a market for it. Uh, but it was very uninteresting to me. Uh, and, you know, uh, I totally did not steal what I'm about to say from SSJ 100 Matt. So if you think that I'm about to credit SSJ100 Matt for what he said here. Uh, you're wrong. I'm actually not going to do this. I am saying this. I did not, absolutely did not get this from SSJ100 Matt. But this is, this is like craft beers. So I, I like beer. I'm not going for the Supreme Court, but I like beer. 
but uh, you know, and I, I don't like hops in my beer, and everything that's a craft beer now is an IPA. Everyone's doing them. You want to know why? Because they're the easiest beer to make. They take the least amount of time. Uh, and so you can make a lot of different batches and try different things because it only takes a couple months to, to do them. Uh, there is, so anytime you go to like a craft brewery, there's like 10 of these on tap. Like it's an IPA, IPA, double IPA, triple IPA, 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 uh, lager. You know, and, and and I like brown. I br- I like brown ales. Brown ales and red ales are my jam. Uh, and you don't see those as much because those take longer to make. Whereas it's easier to make IPAs. Um, and so I don't like to. I, I don't like them, but I know others do. And uh, I'm just I'm just sick of IPAs. And I'm sick of horror games. And I'm sure that there are people that like horror games. Uh, and kudos to those that enjoy them. But like IPAs in the homebrewing world, uh, horror games are the easiest ones to make. Because fear is the simplest emotion to evoke in another human. That is the easiest thing you can do. Uh, That is the easiest reaction you can get out of someone is to scare them. It is the simplest thing. That's why in the beginning of the VR days, and even right now still, all the VR games that people talked about were the scary ones. Because it's easy to have a jump scare boom jump scare there you're scared boom um that's easy making somebody cry out of sadness that's harder making somebody laugh is also hard scaring the crap out of someone that's easy and so what we're seeing is a lot of studios that had their development style hampered over the last two years. Uh, Last year, we saw a lot of remakes and remasters where they didn't have to get together to design things. This time around, we're seeing a lot of the low-hanging fruit, which is your zombie games, your horror games, where it's all about scaring you, which is because that's the low-hanging fruit that you can do remotely. That's easier to design as a game as a remote team uh, than something that, that has more depth to it. So we're seeing all of those right now. And we saw a lot of them at Summer Games Fest. Questbuster says, I'm looking forward to the Callisto Protocol myself, if only because the people behind it were behind the original Dead Space. Yes, but we're seeing a lot of Dead Space. Like, everybody's like, oh, what about Dead Space here? And Dead Space here? And Dead Space here? Uh, kind of like how we're seeing, what about Souls here? What about this game, if it was a Souls game? Uh, you know, it, we're, we're, that's what we're seeing a lot of, and that's not what I'm a fan of. And just like I'm not a fan of IPAs, but I still like going to craft breweries. Um, and I totally did not steal that analogy from SSGO and Matt about the craft brews and horror games and IPAs. Um, totally did not steal that from SSGO and Matt at all. Uh, I told him I was going to steal it and not credit him, and I am not crediting him. Pod culture says I must be defective. It's easier for me to laugh or cry than to be scared. So it, I'm, I'm actually saying it's the other direction. I am saying it is easier for me to scare you than it is for me to make you laugh. It's more about it's easier for uh, the, somebody else to tell a story or to do something that scares you than it is to get you to laugh. So while maybe it is easier for you to laugh than to be scared, as a whole, uh, when working with an audience, it's easier to scare an audience than it is to make an audience laugh. 
what did they show? I'm actually going to start uh, showing some trailers and stuff, one of which is kind of like a a, uh, a, a horror game somewhat, kind of. Uh, and, and I can't play the music for it because, uh, you know, I can't do any of that. But but uh, I've, I've got friends that are fr- uh, like in the, in the metal scene, metal music scene, dark metal and, and heavy metal and and stuff like that. And so this is like their game and it's a first person shooter and it's a rhythm game. Uh, where you're basically, sh- it, it, it's Doom. It's it's like the newer Doom, Doom Eternal, so it kind of plays like that, except you have to play to the beat. You have to shoot everything to the beat. You have this little meter in the middle, uh, which, you know, it, you, you play it, if you hit the trigger on the beat, uh, you do more damage. And uh, they've got a whole bunch of, uh, like, s- symphonic metal, death metal, uh, hard metal, very hard metal. Uh, the the lead singer from System of Down is the one that everybody un- re- recognizes. Uh, Serge Tankian, I believe is how you pronounce it. But they've got another like Lamb of God, and and like my friends who are de- big into metal, they know all these names. They're like that. Th- this is a great soundtrack. Um, the demo is out. You can try this demo, and I tried it on uh, Xbox Series X, and uh, yes, it, it sounds great. Uh, it plays terribly for me. Because uh, and it's called Metal Hellsinger, uh, it plays terrible for me because um, I, it comes it comes out on September fifteenth. It plays terribly because the shooting thing, the the shooting, uh, it, it, the the it's the right trigger, which is an analog trigger. Um, you know, so it's hard to tap this analog trigger to the beat and have it work. Dark Tetsuya says, I want to uh, say it kind of reminds me of Bullets Per Minute or BPM. I think it's the same kind of idea. Great soundtrack, though, for sure. Yeah, it's, if you're into that type of soundtrack, uh, it is great. It is amazing. And uh, Fist Dream says, Quake was big for its Trent Reznor soundtrack. Yes, uh, Trent Reznor did the soundtrack to Quake, which is why the crate boxes uh, for the nail gun uh, had the Nine Inch Nails logo on it. So uh, maybe I would enjoy Metal Hellsinger more on PC. I can download the PC uh, demo. I believe it's Epic Game Store, but I think I can try it and then maybe use a mouse. You know, I'd be able to tap on a mouse. But, uh, you know, you'd have to remap the buttons to be able to to use a, a trigger, an analog trigger, as a digital music device. It just it doesn't work with the the default stuff. And there is, like... It, it's they've got melee weapons and guns uh and it just it didn't work for me at all unfortunately a- as cool as the, it sounded uh another horror game uh that uh, we should talk about is uh, from this is uh this game it's called Dead Island 2 i don't know if you uh remember Dead Island 2 it was uh you know being shown uh i think we got the trailer for Dead Island 2 about 10 years ago and so just in case you don't you don't remember the Dead Island Two trailer, uh, it was it was on like this boardwalk, and there's this dude. He, he's he's you know getting ready. He's stretching so he can go out and uh, do his run. He's got his headphones on. He's ready to he's ready to run. And then you know in Dead Island Two, the zombies show up uh, and kill everybody around him while he's just like you know dancing to the beat and everything like that. Uh, and, and and we haven't seen anything else of Dead Island 2 since then. And uh so we we got to see it again uh except those aren't those aren't zombies. Those those are not those are goats. 
Uh, so the zombies are now goats. And um, E3VL says, I thought this was Dead Island 2 at first glance, too. Uh, it's, it's, it's the same trailer. So, uh, yes, those are not zombies. Those are goats. But this is a shot-for-shot remake of the Dead Island 2 trailer that they dropped on us at Summer Games Fest, uh, but with goats instead. Because um, this is Goat Simulator 3 got announced coming in fall of 2022. Goat Simulator 3, that's right. Goat Simulator 3. You're probably sitting there going, wait a minute. Where, where, goat sim- where, what happened to Goat Simulator 2? E3VL says, I didn't even know there was a Goat Simulator 2. Guess what? There wasn't. That's the joke. So, uh, Goat Simulator 3 is coming out. Uh, Goat Simulator 2... Maybe Goat Simulator 3 is about trying to find Goat Simulator 2, because I've seen that that joke in video games a couple times as well. Uh, Leisure Suit Larry 5 was actually looking for Leisure Suit Larry 4, which never released. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there was no Goat Simulator 2, but it's, it's, it's only... Play- yeah, Goat Simulator 2 is only playable on Windows 9, uh, according to Rob Roberts. And, you know, it, it's, it's right there with Frog Factions, Fractions 2, uh, which actually did come out, so that's a bad analogy. Also what they released, and I did play a little bit about uh, with it because I love the new Saints Row series, the newer Saints Row series, so three and four, so not as much one and two. Uh, but they released the Boss Factory, which is uh, the character customizer. So you can actually go in there and make your character and, and see, see all the customization options they've got in there. That was a little fun. That was fun to kind of play around with. You don't actually get to use it yet. Like, they don't even have a cutscene or anything that uses your character. Uh, you just have your boss uh, being made. The thing that's interesting, though, what they did uh, with with Saints Row is that you no longer they they have removed the gender from from it. So you no longer choose a gender. Uh, you just choose the features, and it you know you you are whatever you feel like you can you you want to have. Uh, so you know I, I was kind of confused a little bit at the beginning because it, the the default was uh, somebody who presented themselves as a female. And I was like, okay, so how do I get to the male side of this? But no, you just choose a different starting point that's of someone that presents as a male, and then you can change everything and turn that person into someone who presents more feminine. So I thought that was interesting. It took a little bit to to figure it out, but it, it didn't take me long. It, it was like, I, I think I probably spent about like 45 seconds going, what the hell's going on here? That's all I was really going to talk about with Summer Games Fest, but there was something announced at the very end of it. Uh, not about The Last of Us Part 1 coming back, being remade once again, even though the game came out less than 10 years ago. Polygon reports that the end, uh, at the end of the Summer Games Fest stream, host and impresario Jeff Keighley announced that the show would return in June of 2023 as both a digital and, for the first time, in-person event. So there was a small physical component this year to Summer Games Fest. It was media only. Uh, some of my colleagues were able to go to it. It was great. It looked a lot of fun. They had game demos and uh, free beer and, and probably a lot of IPAs uh, to go with the horror games, obviously. Um, but but they they watched it in a theater and then went and, and, and hobnobbed with people. Uh, but it's going to be in person a little bit next year. Keeley's announcement came just days after the Entertainment Software Association confirmed that E3 
would return in 2023, both in person and online, to the Washington Post. ESA President and CEO, CEO Stan Pierre-Louis said that after skipping 2022 entirely, E3 would be back, despite widespread predictions that the stalwart games industry trade show was dead for good after a few difficult few years. I'm one of those that says that it is. It now seems like the two events are to, uh, set to clash directly, competing for exclusive reveals, partnerships, eyeballs, and visitors. Keeley's aggressive move against his former partner because he used to produce the E3 Coliseum live show for a few years but withdrew in early 2020 before that year's event was canceled comes at a rough time for E3, the ESA, and the summer game celebration in general. So why 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 do we need this? What why does Jeff Keeley feel that we need to have an in-person component because isn't this working great? Isn't this working amazingly uh having it all be online? And uh he, there's actually a really good point in this. Uh in announcing an in-person event, uh, component for Summer Games Fest, Keeley is acknowledging that if the Summer Games celebration is to have a future, it can't exist only online. Without a physical event, there's insufficient incentive for developers and publishers to stick to a set of dates or partner up for their reveals. They can just go it alone whenever they want. In theory, that might be easier for publishers to make themselves heard that way, but in practice, there's no focus audience interest ebbs away as we found in 2020 there's absolutely a benefit to the industry in coming together to show their wares and it's more exciting for fans too so that means coming together in person and that's a really great point that a lot of people don't realize because for us as consumers it obviously makes sense that it doesn't need to be in person it's digital only they can announce whenever they want uh do you remember what was announced in 2020 because i don't because there was no concerted area where everything was being announced where I was paying attention. It was all piecemeal. And it was like, oh, they had an event I didn't realize because it wasn't something I was paying attention to week in and week out. We have other things to do in the summer, especially now that we're able to do more, uh, theoretically, depending on your comfort level of doing more. Uh, so we're not going to be chained to our desks waiting for the next direct from whatever publisher. So having the hard deadline that can't be moved actually gives us more reveals. And that's a very good point that, that, that is made here is that, uh, yeah, this whole digital thing was great for now, but there needs to be some kind of physical component. And the, if the physical component is just a deadline for the publishers to announce and reveal things, then we all benefit. Even if we don't attend in person, having something that does exist in person does have a benefit. Fifth Dream says, I've never been to a trade show and I've bought hundreds of games, so it's not about you. If trade shows are not supposed to be about the consumer. Everybody thinks that it should be in the video game industry. Uh, but trade shows are not for the consumer, they're for the industry. So, yes, you can absolutely buy a bunch of games without ever attending a trade show, but the trade show is supposed to benefit the industry as a whole. And Fifth Dream says, all that physical component sure is helping those Pokemon pre-orders. And it, it, uh, the other thing is, it's not about your top stuff. Uh, yes, Pokemon's going to do fine whether or not there's a trade show. But stuff like uh, Metal Hellsinger, it actually benefits from having other people have eyeballs to see other things. You probably never would have heard of Metal Hellsinger if it was not at the announced at the same time as the other big reveals of things that you might have cared about. And that's what 
having some kind of industry event or industry deadline to have all of these. Uh, and and it, there needs to be an in-person component for the industry, not necessarily for you or me, but for the industry. Uh, you know, it, there, there, it kind of seems to, to that it would be a lot better off if it was there, uh, as the data has shown. Now, you may disagree with the data that that uh, that came out of the 2020 and the 2021 digital only stuff. Uh, but I mean, they're going to they're going to try some of that stuff. And Fistream says this is, sounds exactly what a company that runs those shows would say. Uh, it's also what people who attend those events say, because there are people that attended the in-person Summer Games Fest stuff this year. And they said, wow, I had no clue how much I missed this part of the industry. It was the first time in three years some of these people had gotten together in the industry. Not necessarily the consumers. Consumers weren't invited. But uh, in the industry, in the media, um, it was really powerful for people to come back together that worked in the industry. If you don't work in the industry, obviously, it doesn't matter to you. Doesn't Nobody cares. And Questbuster says, people want to network in person. Zoom is nice and all, but not everyone wants to work remotely or, or network remotely. I've never been able to network remotely. And I've, I mean, I've been using Zoom since before all this. I work for a remote company where I've been working remote actually since about 2006. I haven't had an office job in that long. Uh, but it's still so much easier networking, doing the networking that I need to do uh, in person. Because you can't really easily do it in a chat room, in a crowded Zoom. Because if you're in a Zoom, only one person can talk at a time. In person, I can kind of float around. Or other people can float around and meet me, which is more likely what happens because I'm an introvert. So, yeah. So, while the consumer who has no interest in being around other people will say there's no point, uh, there's a lot of different types of people uh, that work in the industry. Michigan says there was one game that passed under the radar, I think, called Dolmen, that's, uh, and it looks like it's a Dead Space type of Dead Souls game. Well, that's why it passed under my radar, because the minute you said Dead Space and Souls, uh, that's a double, that, that's two strikes you're out for me. That was me going, yeah, that, I was not interested in that. And S. Jared Amat says, that's a triple IPA, to continue the analogy that I totally, totally did not steal from SSJ when I'm at. So, uh... Let's talk about one of the other showcases that happened. Devolver Digital, they understood the assignment. Uh, they had their little showcase, which is essentially they do like these mini movies, uh, which is like a satire on the industry. And, you know, sometimes it comes true. They did this whole uh, bit in like 2017 about loot box coin and about crypto and and all this stuff. And it was satire at the time. And like literally now it's NFTs. Like they, they basically just talked about NFTs and played it off for laughs. And now crypto bros looked at it they're like, that's awesome. Like loot box coin, that is exactly what we want. Well, there is one game that I wanted to talk about on this uh, that came from the Devolver Digital Showcase. Because in between, they actually showed trailers. Uh, the, the actual like uh, thing, is, it's kind of cool. They all kill themselves. Suda51 is a mech. Uh, and kills everybody, and and uh, a, a a movie from my childhood that no nobody born after two thousand will know the reference for. Uh, they probably will actually because their parents will have shown it to them. But uh, there was that whole reference. It was great, but there was one game that I do. I was like, okay, you have my attention. And Mike Deft even already said this in chat. It's called the Plucky Squire. So the Plucky Squire 
it starts off, you're going into this this very messy room, which my room was messier, so this kid needs to step up its game. But it's it was like, okay, it's a hand-drawn platformer in a book, which I'm like, that's cool. We've done this before. You know where you know like Comic Zone on the on the Genesis, and you're you're on the pages of this book, and it's a it's a side scrolling platformer uh, with some puzzle elements, and I'm like, this is cute. This is this is kind of neat. Um, and and you know they, they use some there's like little punch out stuff, so you know uh, it, it was it was cute. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this. And then he jumps out of the the, the main character jumps out of the book, and now you're in a 3D world, and you're platforming in a 3D world. In the kid, in the kids, uh, in in this kids' room, which is actually spotless according to Fifth Dreamland, and you actually go into like mugs, and and you can go around into other things, and there's two D elements, kind of like what they do in Super Mario Odyssey, but then you're also going around a three D room uh, world, and uh, yeah, I was like, I'm I'm here for that, I, I'm here for the plucky squire, so congratulations, uh. I, I'm definitely in for 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 plucky squire. This and Questbuster says. Uh, this game looks great. It does. It looked great, and I did not expect the turn it was going to, and it was not horror. It was not souls. It was not shooty, shooty, bang, bang. I was all for it. Today was the Xbox Bethesda showcase. Uh, and so what they showed in, uh, in, in, in the Xbox Bethesda showcase is uh, anything coming out in the next 12 months. So we got to see things like Starfield, uh, which tells us it's coming out sometime in the next six, uh, 12 months. So it's either going to be in late 2022 or in the first half of 2023. Everything they showed. There are th- certain things they didn't show. They didn't show Fable. Uh, they didn't show, like, there was the big rumor that they were going to do, um, they were going to do uh, GoldenEye remaster. That's not happening. Uh, but they showed a lot of stuff and everything was going to be available sometime in the next 12 months. And we finally got to see a lot of the stuff that was going on uh, with some of the Bethesda purchase uh, and things that were coming to Game Pass. It really cemented that Game Pass is really the best deal in gaming. They're also expanding Game Pass to being on TVs. and uh, So you can actually play those games without an Xbox or a PC. Uh, and, and, you know, it was, it, it was actually a really well done pres- uh, presentation. It was 95 minutes long. It was mostly all gameplay. There were very minimal talking heads. There were talking heads, but they were maybe on screen for like 30, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, something like that. And then it was going back to either gameplay trailers or actual gameplay. And the biggest news I think is something that I don't really, it's not going to affect me, but this is actually huge. And uh, Engadget reports that at the Xbox Showcase, Riot Games co-founder Mark Merrill revealed that the company is taking its titles available to Xbox Game Pass subscribers with all champions and other bonuses included. Members will be able to play League of Legends on PC with all 160 champions unlocked and get first day access to any future champions. They can also play League of Legends Wild Rift on mobile with all 80 champions. Plus, similar to League of Legends on PC, they'll get first day access to any future champion Riot releases. Game Pass members who play Valorant will get all 18 agents as well and be among the first ones to be able to use future agents as they come available. For the strategy card game Legends of Rune Terra, subscribers will get the foundation set or the first cards released for the game at no cost. Finally, 
a Game Pass membership will unlock a rotation of Tier 1 Little Legend avatars for Team Flight Tactics on PC and mobile. In addition to game-specific bonuses, players will receive extra experience among select titles. It also sounds like Riot has more in store for Xbox players because Merrill wrote in the company's announcement that it'll share more about the partnership and how members can access the Game Pass content in the coming months. Bonds006 says, I cannot get into all those games. I think it would be easier to get into them if you have more things unlocked, if if you are able to get into them. I have not actually played any of these games. Um, I, I, I've, I've obviously watched them. It's kind of hard to be in streaming and not know about League of Legends uh, esports and and all that stuff. Um so it's it's it, I've never tried these myself because a lot of these are multi you know specifically multiplayer games these aren't single player games so uh but I think it's easier to get into them if you don't have that worry of well I can't do anything because I don't have any of the characters I only have like the base characters and I need to buy more no if you have game pass you're going to get all of them and Rob Robert says you'll get to hear new KDA songs first I wonder if the KDA songs is yeah they got the we got some KDA going on in this trailer. Um, but uh, this is actually huge. Uh, and I know that, uh, that you know, if you don't actually play these games, this doesn't mean much for you. But this is huge for Game Pass, where, you know, you get all of, uh, all, all of that stuff unlocked that you would normally have to play, play, uh, pay a lot of money for. Uh, that brings people to Game Pass. They're like, well, I can get Game Pass and get all these other games, but I get all my League of Legends stuff. Fizzream says, I hate the idea of MOBAs and I'm terrible at card games, so dot, dot, dot. And I, I understand that. Uh, I'm not going to be playing these most likely, but I'm more likely to try them now that they're going to be a part of Game Pass. Uh, and they are having a special Xbox version of League of Legends is going to be releasing on Xbox Series X. Uh, so that, And you're going to get all the champions from that. Uh, so it seems like it, it's opening a door for people to try League of Legends, but I think this is more opening the door for people who have are, are more into League of Legends to try other games because they're going to get Game Pass for the League of Legends stuff and they're like, oh, well, here's this game. Let me try that. And Questbuster says, and like that, 10 cents Empire inches forward a little bit more. So uh, in terms of uh, uh, the Microsoft first-party studios that have, uh, that, 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 uh, that, they bought and were like, what games are they actually making? This one actually looked really interesting to me. It's called Pertiment, uh, and it's coming out in November. This is like a murder mystery point-and-click adventure game uh, it, it, that, that takes place in ancient times. Uh, it's being directed. The game director actually did Fallout New Vegas and Pillars of Eternity. And uh, it just it the, the presentation style just looks neat to me it's something i haven't really seen before and it's but it's it's a lot like a point click adventure game it's just it's really stylized uh and it's a murder mystery and it's rooted is some parts are rooted in history in the same sense that giant enemy crabs or ancient japanese history uh for, from the playstation three days but it, it's it's not like anything i've really seen much of and it's a narrative adventure taking place in like 16th century uh greece i want to say but it's by Obsidian Entertainment. So uh, this is, uh, I'm looking forward to this one, and it's going to be on Game Pass day one. So I'm, I'm all for uh, Pentiment. 
not pertinent. Pentiment is the name of the game. I spelled it wrong over here. So uh, that's going to be on the PC and the cloud and, and Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Series 1. You play it day one. Um, so then there's the sequel, uh, the, the expansions to the stuff we knew about. Forza Horizon 5. I love Forza Horizon 5. We all know this. Uh, it's, it's got, uh, they show in the trailer, like all these, like, uh, these uh, praise from it and they don't include my quote. And I, I don't know if I gave him a quote. I didn't, uh, but they don't include it, but they are revisiting the world of hot wheels, uh, coming soon in July. Uh, so we've already seen hot wheels, Forza Horizon three did hot wheels, but now it's in Mexico. Uh, so Mike Deft, um, you know, where are these hot wheels tracks in Mexico? Because obviously this is very realistic. This is, this is the height of realism. Uh, obviously somewhere in Mexico, they're around all these volcanoes. There's hot wheels tracks, just hot, giant hot wheels tracks. And I wonder if you've ever been there, uh, you know, where these giant hot wheels tracks where you go upside down and, and stuff. Uh, cause obviously like this is totally true to life and real. Um, so this is going to get me back into Forza Horizon five in July, uh, to, to play this. And even though I've kind of, we've already done this before with Forza Horizon three, uh, it's going to be so beautiful to do it in 4k, uh, on the Xbox Series X and and with all the new additions that they're putting into this version of it. Uh, the last one was really fun. Uh, you get some Hot Wheels cars, but it's really about the tracks. It's really about the orange tracks and and um, the, 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 the way that they've kind of woven that in. And they'll even put in some other things, like there were dinosaurs in Forza Horizon 3 uh, and stuff like that. Mike Def says, I'm not familiar with those ramps and tracks. I don't go outside too much. Oh, okay. Uh, E3VL says, how do cars stay on the track when doing loop-de-loop? So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call this a spoiler because this is from Forza Horizon 3. That's actually addressed in Forza Horizon 3. How do they stay on? So because like, the real answer is centrifugal force. Uh, that's just physics. But the way they there's actually a line in the Forza Horizon 3 version of this where the driver's actually asking the person that they're talking to over the radio, the, the woman who was in Forza Horizon 3, how am I not falling off? And she's like, you can rewind time when you mess up. Why are you asking about this? Like they literally point out the fact that there's like a rewind feature in Forza and you use it all the time. And they're like, you're OK with that. Why aren't you OK with these loop de loops? Just turn off your brain and enjoy. So uh, that's how they addressed it in Forza Horizon 3. And it was a quick offhanded comment in one of the races when you're talking to the people. And they're like, yeah, don't ask questions. It's a video game. Just just go with it. Don't ask how it works. So uh, hopefully they will have something like that in, in, in Forza Horizon 5 as well, where they're just like, dude, you, you rewind time. Why, why, are you, why, why, are you, why are you asking about this? Um and if you have the Forza Horizon 3, it's in, like, one of the beginning missions when you open the Hot Wheels and you start down the Hot Wheels expansion track. Uh, it, it's like a throwaway line during the first race or something like that when they're kind of introducing the island to you while you're racing. But I thought that was that was hilarious. And SJR Matt says, how can you drive on Legos and not lose a tire? Because that was the Forza Horizon 4 fun DLC with Legos. So uh, if you're if you need to know that and you want to wonder why uh, why why that is, that is acceptable and that you just can't accept that, well, how about Forza Motorsport? This is coming out uh, in 2023, so the first half of 2023, sometime in March, uh, and this is finally their return to 
the simulation racing. So if this is more for the hardcore racing, not as hardcore as Gran Turismo, uh, but this one they're also touting like ray tracing during the races, which the new Gran Turismo doesn't do, uh, as well as uh, doing a lot of things with the pavement and the time of day, which affect the tires. There's a whole pit stop mechanic, which I guess they're bringing back pit stop two from the Commodore 64. They didn't show any of that, but it sounds like they're doing more when you take a pit in a pit stop, you actually have to do things uh, to fix up your car, uh, which the simulation heads are going to love. But uh, this one I I am very much looking forward to because the thing about Gran Turismo is uh, they gate a lot of content behind driver's tests. So you actually have to be good uh, to to even unlock it. Where Forts is like, okay, you can just turn down the difficulty. You're good. They don't make you take a driving test for any of this stuff. Um, so I, I enjoy going through and, 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 you know, beating everybody, even though I'm not that great at it. Uh, and it's going to look really, really good. And I can't wait to turn off the ray tracing so I can get 60 frames per second. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. And, uh, but remember Forza Motorsport, that is the hardcore driving simulator. It's not Forza Horizon, which is kind of the more fun one. Uh, stick with Forza Horizon. Trust me. Uh, it is amazing. But if you're into the simulation stuff or want something that's more racing-like, that's that's more about straight racing and more about the cars, uh, Forza Motorsport is going to be on Game Pass. So you're going to be able to try it there. So uh, they also have a, another simulator, uh, which is Flight Simulator. And they've got a... It, it's 40 years old now. It's 40th anniversary. And they're bringing in helicopters, gliders, and new aircraft to Flight Simulator. There was already a free update a couple weeks ago that I have not tried yet. was the Top Gun update, because Top Gun Maverick came out, which gives you a MiG. And it gives you a... Uh, it actually gives you, like, a supersonic jet that you can, like, go Mach 10. Uh, and you can even land on aircraft carriers and stuff like that. And I haven't tried that. That came out a couple months ago. But this is more like they are showing like the spirit of St. Louis. So, you know, more historical planes. They've also got an Airbus uh, in here. And so uh, this is going to be coming out as I believe it's I believe it's a free update. And it's coming out later, uh, late, later this year. But there's something else that they announced in this trailer that I want to show. And I believe this is out today. But they, they, there was a stinger at the end of the trailer of, uh, of, of, of a non-realistic airplane, let's just say. Um, it's, and, and in the trailer, they actually play the Halo music. So this is actually one of the planes from Halo. They added it, and it could even go into space. Uh, into uh, in Flight Simulator. So you can actually get the Halo plane and fly it as a free add-on available today in Flight Simulator. So there's this crossover between Halo Infinite and Flight Simulator. So I have a very important question. How is this possible? How can this even be possible? Because I have been told by many people who know things that this is only possible through crypto. You can only do this where you take something from one game and use it in another. That is only possible with the chain. That's the only way you can do this. And so what I want to know is how is this possible? This shouldn't even be possible. This is not technically possible having the Halo plane in Flight Simulator because you need the blockchain for that, and I know that they're not using the blockchain yet. 
but this is only possible with crypto. But we have it now. I, I am. It just. I, I have no clue what's going on anymore. I don't know anything. And um, you know, I, I has has the blockchain come to Game Pass? I don't know. I don't think it has. Uh, but but I need to know what voodoo is this, because you you only only crypto can allow you to take an asset from one game and use it in another. Orange Wright says, what's next? Street Fighter t- uh, characters in Tekken? Not until it becomes street blockchain, okay? And then the last bit of news that I want to talk about uh, from, from this is uh, something Fifth Dream is like, why, why, is your, why do you have, have that on your, on your set, which is my desk? I call it my set because I'm trying to be like a professional streamer. But... Uh, I actually have a bunch of uh, old PS2 RPGs behind me, and uh, it's actually from a very specific series that is coming to Game Pass. So uh, the 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 one of the last things they put, and like the Microsoft put this near the end of the briefing, Persona is coming. To Xbox and it's coming to Game Pass, so they are bringing Personas three, four, and five to Xbox. Persona Five Royal is coming later this year. Personas four and three are coming later, uh, probably in the next in t- early twenty twenty three. They are bringing Persona Three Portable and Persona Four Golden and Persona Five Royal. Did you see this coming? I don't know, uh, but they are bringing those here uh, to to Xbox and to Game Pass. Now, this is a big deal uh, for me, kind of, because Persona 3 has not been released outside of the PS2 and the PSP. Persona 4 Golden got a Steam release, I believe, last year or the year before. I don't remember. I paid the 20 bucks on day one and got it right then. So that at least has a PC port that we can play now, uh, but Persona 3 has not been released since. And then Persona 5 Royal... Uh, I don't think it's come out on PC, but this will be its first time off of a PlayStation console. Uh, and uh, Questbus says that's hundreds of hours of RPG goodness, and it's not even an exaggeration. Persona 5 Royal, it took me 120 hours to complete. Uh, and this does say it's coming to Windows. All of these games are coming to Windows, so we are finally coming, getting Persona 5 Royal on October 21st is coming, and it says to Windows, so we're getting the PC version of Persona 5 Royal then. Um, and that's 100 hours per game. Now I do have, um, I I do have one kind of gripe, and I'm putting gripe in quotey fingers. So Persona Three. So Persona Five Royal, it's the definitive edition of Persona Five. Persona Four Golden is the definitive edition of Persona Four. It originally came out on the Vita. Persona Three Portable. The Persona Three is interesting. There are three versions of Persona Three. There's Persona Three. There's Persona 3 FES, which is actually the version I have on PlayStation 2. And then there's Persona 3 Portable, which came out later on the, on the PSP. So their base Persona 3, we're just going to throw out. We don't care about that. The, but Persona 3 FES and Persona 3 Portable are, have different things that make them better than the other. And Persona 3 FES has anime cutscenes and it has an extra dungeon it's got it's got an epilogue it's got like a 20 hour epilogue uh called the answer and that's in persona 3 fes persona 3 portable 
because it was on the PSP, they got rid of all the cutscenes. So now it's more of a visual novel based. They got rid of uh, the overworld. So now it's just like a little 2D overworld. It's not the 3D overworld that was in the PS2 version. It does not have that extra 20 hours worth of content. So you're probably seeing, saying, well, Persona 3 Portable is the inferior version. Not necessarily. In the gameplay of Persona 3 Portable, they made it to where you can control your party. Which in Persona 3 and Persona 3 FES, your party runs on AI. And so you're at the mercy of the AI uh, to actually heal you and not let the main character, who's the only person you can control, make you not die. Persona 3 Portable brought over the ability to control each party member. So what I wish... Um, what what I wish uh, they did was they kind of merged FES and Portable. I wanted that. I wish they had take. We're going to take the gameplay from Portable and use the visuals and the extra content from Persona Three. Uh, Persona Three Portable also, I believe, added another main character, uh, so you can have a male or a female main character. And I believe that was only in Portable. I don't think that was in FES. I thought it was in FES, but I haven't played FES in a while, and I have the box here, so I probably could. Uh, but I wish they took the gameplay from Portable with the content from FES. Uh, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that. They're going to bring Persona 3 Portable, which was a PSP game. They're porting it to PC and Xbox instead of the PS2 game. So uh, I am tempering my expectations, but it's on Game Pass. So uh, how much is it going to cost? I don't know how much it's going to cost because um, I think that question was asked. Then Monkey 11 asked, how much is it? I prefer to buy, and I completely understand uh, because games get delisted all the time like persona will eventually get delisted off of the game uh, off of game pass kind of like most of the final fantasies have been delisted off game pass already um so i don't know how much it's going to cost but i'm kind of tempering my expectations uh because they are just going to do a straight port of portable and i really wish because those anime cutscenes in three were really well done and they're all gone in portable uh i kind of wish they they kind of blended them together Fistream says, I have uh, FES and Portable and 4 and Golden and 5 and whatever the second 5 was called. It's, it's Royal. It's, 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 it's Royal. Uh, and Strikers and the fighting games twice. Am I a sucker? No, you're not a sucker. You just enjoy good games. And I thought uh, Persona 5 FES added the second character, but I guess not. It is... Uh, yeah, the best RPG of 2007 gets better even with even this definitive... Edition of Persona 3 is what it says. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I guess I guess it was Portable that added the second character. You can choose... And, and the second character, you are you are able to play as them, and it changes the social links, and it, it fleshes out some other parts of the story. That part I do remember. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, No Man's Sky was talked about again and shown. Uh, I'm sorry, did I say No Man's Sky? I meant Starfield. So, yeah, we did end with with a 15 minutes of gameplay of Starfield from Bethesda. Todd Howard came out. Uh, and but and a lot, there's a lot of comparisons to No Man's Sky in this, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. There are going to be a you, you actually get to customize your ship. You build your own ship. You have a character customization and a ship customization. So now you get twice the amount of time in customization menus. Uh, but then they say there's a thousand planets to disc- uh, to explore, and I actually believe those thousand planets are handcrafted. Uh, and these worlds are big. Uh, I'm sure they're using tricks to make them seem bigger than they actually are. Uh, but um, there's uh, Starfield's going to be pretty big. You're going to want to take your time with Starfield. Uh, and Sam Monkey Eleven says the bugs are going to be epic. Uh, absolutely, 
uh, you cannot make something this size without bugs. And you can spend however long you want trying to find all the bugs. Uh, and you're still never going to find them all. And I say that as a software developer who's worked on large systems before. Even in my business systems that I work on uh, that are not games, if they're, if it's a large code base, there will be bugs. And there's y- you can be the best programmer in the world and you're going to still have bugs in your game or your bugs in your code. So E3VL says, this feel like Fallout cross No Man's Sky. Hey, is that really a bad thing? I don't think that's a bad thing. Fifth Dream says, is there an RPG in this? Uh, everyone is expecting Fallout in space, but is it? Uh, there's, I believe there is. Um, they were really showing the gameplay and not necessarily too much of the story in this. Uh, but it's, it's, in, it's in the, uh, the Elder Scrolls and Fallout realm, the, that type of game. So there will be bugs. Uh, not much we can, uh, not much that can be done about that. Um, but uh, it's going to, it's, it's, it's going to be on Game Pass day one. So that's the thing is that you're not going to be paying for it. You're going to be paying for Game Pass. And, um, you know, at, at least you, you, won't, you won't be able to ask for a refund. Let's put it that way. So maybe, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Questor says, I'm pretty sure they're using procedural generation. There was an old interview from a while back that Howard said they were using it, but only for stuff outside of the handcrafted thing. What I, may, what I actually believe they probably have done is they have probably used procedural generation to generate those planets, but it's not being done on the fly. Like they're in the creation, they're using procedural generation, and maybe they've had a poor intern kind of look it over and say, uh, "Yeah, okay, there's nothing really game breaking in this one." They're not spending a lot of time on it, but they probably did use an AI to generate it, but then they went over it. Uh, whereas No Man's Sky, it generates it on the fly when you go to a system that's been unused it generates it on the fly uh and stores it in the system said monkey 11 says this going to be an online only game it's single player it is a single player game now are you going to have to be online to play it i don't know but it is a single player game there there is no multiplayer component to starfield uh fifth dream says yes they use an ai to make grass and trees and rocks so uh normally we take a music break but i talked a lot about key three so we want to keep it moving here uh, and, uh, and, and talk of, and continue the conversation here. So coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vlog network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California who talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And they can get through more of what we saw at Key 3, uh, in, in the three hours that they have on. So, uh, Sacramento, are you there? I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. It's, it's like, you know, the, we, we weren't supposed to get this. There was no trade show. We weren't supposed to get all this greatness on this this weekend. Uh, what is your takeaway from 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 the weekend? Um, I think that especially with Microsoft, I think they still kind of are reading the room at like what you know players and gamers really want to see right now, mm-hmm. um, and that is just games, games, games. Right? That's mm-hmm. been very much their messaging for the past couple of years, I think. And I uh, I think just goes to show how you know Phil Spencer like super gets it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think they really delivered today. I think mm-hmm. even though there was there was a lot of the um, showcase where I was like, eh, not for me, eh, mm-hmm. not for me. I think they did a really good job. 
job having something for everyone yeah. in the room. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. And I think, um, you know, again, it's it's not the same Microsoft we were looking at 10 years ago. Yeah. It really isn't. Um, even if there were still quite a few games where I was like, okay, it's another shooty, shooty, bang, bang, scary game. It's another horror game, which is which is why I crack up at these no man's sky starfield comparisons mm-hmm. like uh, hello are you new to video game culture mm-hmm. is today your first day playing a video game and following mm-hmm. video game news all art is derivative yes. in one way or another mm-hmm. so like for ign to put out this comparison video of you know starfield running next to no man's sky i'm sorry mm-hmm. like just play into that hole you can't spell ignorant without yeah. ign because yeah. i could put a video side by side of halo and destiny of uh, mm-hmm. Mario Kart and I don't know Crash Team uh, Racing, uh, C- Crash Team Racing, sure, and a lot of games that are derivative in one way from another mm-hmm. piece of art, as a lot of movies tend to be, as a lot of yeah. music tends to be, mm-hmm. um, as Born This Way by Lady Gaga is even a bit derivative of Express Yourself by Lady yep. Gaga or excuse, by Madonna, Happy mm-hmm. Pride. Yeah. But anyway, my point is. Like that doesn't mean it's going to be bad, and it's it's just weird for me that people mm-hmm. are latching onto this on Twitter because, in my opinion, I'm sorry, I hope this isn't too adult for me to say on your show, Bobby. But some people are showing their entire ass with their yep. hatred of yeah. all things Microsoft and yeah. Bethesda to really jump to that, and I'm like, tell tell me you are applying things inconsistently yeah. without telling me you apply yeah. rules inconsistently. Yeah, and, and I mean, Mike, I, I will say that Microsoft's uh, conference uh, event was better paced than Key 3, because uh, mm-hmm. Summer Games Fest, like, they were like, all right, horror, horror, like, they did, like, five similar games in a row, whereas at least yeah. Microsoft was like, okay, we have five of those, we're going to just kind of pepper them in, but, like, yeah. I was tuning out at the beginning of Summer Games Fest, because it was just like, all right, horror game, horror game, horror game, horror mm-hmm. game. You know, when do I get to the good stuff? And I was personally really surprised pleasantly to see Diablo 4. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as much as I've been critical of Activision Blizzard in the past myself, um, I think what they did today was a really smart move to distance things from Bobby Kotick. I'll Mm -hmm. save some of that talk for OLR coming up here in a minute. Yeah. And the one thing that I didn't get to that I'll mention really quick here is that uh, Jeff Keighley's BFF showed up on the Microsoft uh, event. Uh, Hideo Kojima showed up, and and he had an announcement of an announcement. So they were only showing games that were coming out in the next 12 months, so he couldn't show anything. But he basically said that he was making a completely new game that he always wanted to make, and he wanted to utilize Microsoft's cloud gaming technology. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because um, as somebody who works in software, I know for a fact that the cloud is just somebody else's computer. So right. he's already used cloud gaming technology in Death Stranding. We just didn't call it cloud gaming technology. And it's not necessarily new to use it. Flight Simulator uses it to do a lot of the calculations. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what he's going for, is using it for calculations. Kind of like how Flight Simulator uses it for calculations. So you don't have to have all the terabytes of the world on your hard drive. or You just download what you need as you fly through these cities. Um, Mm -hmm. But Death Stranding used the cloud for all of the uh, cooperation portion. You know, the asynchronous mm-hmm. multiplayer of building the roads yep. that other people can use. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that and how he's going to be using the Microsoft cloud service. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting how they market it. Kind of like how, you know, you can't have the Halo ship in Flight Simulator without the chain. Uh, <laughs> but they were able to do it anyway. So who knows? 
who, who knows? Who knows? Um, but I'm excited to see. Um, of course, there's a lot of, you know, play. I just watching the, the hardcore Sony fans and the hardcore mm-hmm. Microsoft fans some days is really exhausting. But yeah. hearing the PlayStation people like super complain about this is just fascinating to me. You know, and this isn't a knock on PlayStation. PlayStation will have PlayStation has Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. PlayStation has other things that are going to make it great. But, you know, Hideo Kojima is saying there is something about microsoft specifically the cloud technology mm-hmm. that i see and i value and i want to use it in my next game that's huge especially for a company that's really been you know ter- turned away in the japanese market for yeah. a long time aside from them selling a lot because ps5s were unavailable yeah. a few weeks ago <laughs> yeah well and, and microsoft has has experience with flight simulator specifically which is you know, mm-hmm. actually using it for computation, using the cloud yeah. for computation in Flight Simulator. And I think that may be what he was referring to because mm-hmm. he's been able to use cloud technology before. Yeah. We just didn't really call it the cloud. It's just somebody right. else's computer. Right. So, uh, so yeah. What else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight on this week of Key 3? Well, obviously, we have to summarize some of the same events yep. you just talked about, but those are the rules. But we do have some extra things as well because we go for a few more hours. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about some of the Netflix, uh, agree- more more video game things coming mm-hmm. to streaming services. So we'll talk a little bit about that and Hollywood. Uh, and the latest thing that Hollywood looks to be having its eye on for a new movie is very, um, boy, this would have been something you could have done in 1997. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And uh, of interest uh, to you as well, Bobby Blackwolf, because I know you are a professional musician of sorts um that the uh grammys as much as i think the grammys are are really a useless award it's still i i i will recognize and acknowledge the pop culture relevancy and significance of having a gaming specific award added to the grammys and we'll talk more about that uh coming up on olr it's also amazing for your resume as a musician yes it's it's really for the resume uh but i do have to ask is netflix going to make a video game based on uh the queen's gambit no, but they are going to make a video game based on something that was released for the Switch a little bit ago. All right. Orange Sounds Radio <laughs> is up next. Thanks so much. Thanks as always, Bobby. Uh, so uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash vlog network. I will not be here in two weeks because I will once again be at Summer Games Done Quick 2022, hosting a bunch of games, uh, reading your donations on Monday morning and on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, McDonald's Treasureland Adventure, Nights into Dreams, The Pathless, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Find out more of that on my Twitter feed, Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf. And, uh, but I, I should be back in two weeks which is July 3rd. Uh, I should be back in time. I might not. It's up to Delta Airlines if they want to get me back home in time. Uh, So, uh, yeah, hopefully I will see you then. Uh, If you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make this live show work without the help of the chatters. So I want to thank the people that went above and beyond. You just being here is really all we ask for. But... We did get, uh, it's that time of the month where people are resubscribing because this is about the time we hit affiliate status. Rob Roberts resubscribed well before the show, and he just said sub. Not sup, sub. Tiger Claw resubscribed. Thank you so much for that. Dark Tetsia uh, resubscribed. Thank you so much for that. Paleonimea resubscribed because the hype train started. Rob Roberts then cheered 100 bits. Thank you so much. SSJ100 Matt also cheered 300 bits, said happy not E3 week. It is key three. K-E-I-G-H-3. Uh, Sean322 cheered 100 bits, saying hype, because that's the 
I, I, I don't think that's why we meant it, but that's I got to practice that for Game Sun Quick. Dark Sakura resubscribe. Thank you so much for that. And Mir Muse just now resubscribe. We did get a hype train. We completed it at level two at the beginning of the show. Uh, total of three sub gifts and four hundred bits. And I will tell people. Uh, I turned down the, or I turned up the frequency of hype trains. Now they reset after two hours. So can we get a second hype train during OLR tonight? Uh, maybe try for that a little bit about after 10 o'clock Eastern uh, or, or 7 o'clock Pacific. Maybe try again for another hype train. Uh, so, yeah, so I will see you next week. And I'm going to hit this button to have the music play us out. Uh, hope you enjoyed. This is the best time for gaming. Games are great. Enjoy the video games. Be happy. We got some great stuff coming out in the next 12 months. I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.